My name is Denise Bolsch, and I'd like to welcome you to another in the podcast series from the Canadian Association of Optometrists and also Connects Health. Today, we'll be discussing age-related macular degeneration, or AMD, with Dr. Kim Bugera. Uh, Dr. Bugera practices optometry in Marinville, Alberta. She is the owner and clinician at a group of five clinics with over 20 doctors in the greater Edmonton area. She attended the University of Waterloo School of Optometry in Ontario and has served the public and her profession by having been active on the Alberta College of Optometry as a council member and president. She is currently the Alberta representative to the Canadian Association of Optometrists. And Kim, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Denise. Good to be here. Kim, um, I wonder if we can start by um, having you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your practice. Sure. Yeah, I'm an optometrist um, out in Mournville, Alberta, as you said. Um, I practice in a clinic with multiple doctors. Uh, we have a very full scope optometry practice, which means we see everything from regular eye exams to treating glaucoma to uh, seeing emergency eye care, uh, prescribing and treating eye diseases with medications. Uh, and so we pretty much do it all. Well, that's great. So you're definitely the right person to have with us today as we talk about macular degeneration. Now, um, a lot of people may not know that February is National Age-Related Macular Degeneration, as well as being Low Vision Awareness Month. So I'm wondering if you can explain for us in layman's terms what macular degeneration is and how it affects individuals in their sight. Sure. Macular degeneration is a disorder that affects the very central part of uh, the retina inside the eye. Uh, so that part of the eye is responsible for your fine detailed vision, uh, which is what you use for reading and driving and, you know, all the things that are important to your life. Uh, macular degeneration impacts that area and can lead to a loss of that central vision while you still keep your peripheral vision. Uh, the, the trouble with losing your central vision is that it can make it difficult to see faces and to read and to watch TV and to drive or to do uh, all of the other important things that we want to do in life. Um, and it is the second leading cause of blindness in Canada. Yeah, that's, I think that's very significant. So Kim, um, I think a lot of people don't know much about AMD at all. So let's, let's kind of start um, with the basics. What are the risk factors and the early signs and symptoms of AMD? And how as a clinician do you diagnose AMD? Sure, I'll, I'll start with the risk factors. So probably the biggest factor is right in the name, um, and that's aging. So as the name implies, uh, the risk increases with age. So uh, the older you are, the the higher your risk, uh, the higher your risk is of macular degeneration. Um, genetics is also an important uh, factor. So having a family member with macular degeneration increases your risk of developing the disease. Um, health, diet and lifestyle, obesity uh, is a risk factor for macular degeneration. So um, definitely, uh, if we can look at dietary things like uh, alcohol, smoking, um, and, and uh, diet are factors. 
the signs and symptoms of macular macular degeneration are dependent on the stage of the disease and early disease unfortunately often has no symptoms so it's really important uh, to visit your optometrist to to have them uh, look at the back of the eye because that's often how it's first detected Um, as the disease uh, progresses to more moderate disease you could experience distorted or wavy central vision or blurriness Uh, some people um, see just disturbances in color vision, or difficulty seeing in lower light conditions. Uh, In more significant stages of the disease, um, you can have central vision loss, um, you know, or or spots in front of your vision, different things. Um, People just experience it different ways. Um, It is diagnosed as part of a regular eye exam with your optometrist. Um, However, it may require special procedures like a dilated exam where we put drops in to open up the pupils to look at the back of the eye uh, or uh, some equipment that we use to take uh, retinal photos of the back of the retina uh, or an OCT test, um, which is a, um, a type of uh, test that it's it stands for optical coherence topography and and really what it does is takes a scan uh, topography scan of, of that part of the that specialized part of the retina the macula so that we can see all of the layers in fine detail uh, and be able to see how significant the the changes are and um, from what you said the symptoms um, it may not be the same for everybody and it may depend on the stage that an individual Uh, is in with their disease. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. It definitely depends on the stage of the condition and the type of macular degeneration. So there are two types of macular degeneration. Uh, One is dry uh, macular degeneration and one is wet. Um, And so in, in early stages of, of degeneration, there may be no symptoms at all. And as the degeneration progresses, people may experience changes. So home monitoring is very important. Um, And when you see your optometrist and you're diagnosed with macular degeneration, that is one of the things that we often do to to just keep an eye on things and to see if things are progressing. That's very interesting because when we look at um, treatment and follow-up appointments, uh, insurers and, and plan advisors and plan sponsors are very concerned if we look at additional treatments that it's going to drive up their vision costs considerably. Uh, When we've been speaking to these groups about modernizing vision care benefits, um, we often refer to, as I said, the treatments and follow-up appointments. Um, What is the extent of that, those additional interventions in addition sort of at-home screening, as, as you've said, or monitoring, what happens at the optometrist's office? Uh, yeah, so once we've diagnosed a patient with macular degeneration, um, depending on the stage and type of degeneration, um, you know, that would determine what we do in the early stages. Uh, there's really no treatment for the early stages for uh, dry macular degeneration. Um, although there are behavioral modifications patients can make at home, such as taking uh specific vitamins um, that are tailored for macular degeneration. Um, They have been shown to slow the progression of the disease, especially in the fellow eye, if you develop in one eye Um, and things that they can do themselves, eating healthy, maintaining a healthy diet um, and quitting smoking if they're a smoker, because that carries with it an extra risk. Oh, so so these are some very basic things that individuals once diagnosed can do to kind of delay the progression of the disease. That's right. 
I think that um, plan sponsors, um, advisors, and insurers, when you know we've been talking to them about modernizing vision care benefits to reflect some of the advances um, in diagnosis and treatment, we've um, we always get questions about well, how much is this going to cost, and you know what's the frequency of repeat visits, and what are the interventions. So uh, when we're looking at um, dry uh, macular degeneration, what kind of treatment and follow-up appointments, uh, in addition to, you know, a healthy diet and, um, you know, the individual's home monitoring, what happens at your office? How often should people be coming to see you? Yeah, in the early, that's a great question, Denise. In the early stages, um, you know, if, if the disease is mild, um, depending on their risk factors, we would probably follow them up once a year. As the disease progresses to have um, more concerns, then we might follow them more than once a year uh, to make sure that we're uh, finding early changes. Because the, the really the key thing is if um, the macular degeneration changes into the wet form of degeneration, the vision loss can happen quickly and it can be very devastating. So uh, monitoring every year uh, at minimum, sometimes more than once a year is really important. Uh, In Alberta specifically where I live, um, most of these procedures are covered by our provincially funded uh, um, healthcare. It is not the same all across the jurisdictions in Canada. So in some jurisdictions, um, individual insurance plans may be responsible for some of these fees. And I believe um, part of the challenge right now is that there are some gaps in coverage too. So um, particularly for those that might be on a tight budget, um, they they may not do those follow-up appointments. And we're going to talk about what happens if if the disease is not well monitored and managed as um, as uh, you know, people live with uh, macular degeneration. In terms of um, other things that a patient can do, how can they help with the, their own management of their disease? Sure. Well, that's actually really important because early detection of changes is critical to um, refer the patient if they need further care with the specialist. And one of the things that we give our patients to take home um, is a chart that helps them monitor their vision so that they can see small changes in their vision and come back to the office as soon as they see them, just to improve their outcomes by by a timely diagnosis of change. Um, And then there's other things they can do at home, lifestyle modifications, like a good diet, rich in antioxidants, green leafy vegetables and omegas, um, and and or, you know, as we said, adding uh, those vitamin supplements that are, are recommended by retinal specialists and quitting smoking is also a very impactful uh, smoking is very impactful to macular degeneration. So sometimes a macular degeneration diagnosis is that extra nudge to quit smoking. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting because often when we look at a chronic disease, which AMD is um, as a plan sponsor or insurer, you think, oh, well, it's not just the monitoring, we're going to end up with a bunch of drug claims and this whole bunch of other stuff. But in actual fact, the in a, apart from the monitoring, um, when the condition is still in its early stages, then a lot of it is up to the patient themselves in terms of ensuring, you know, a 
what we would hopefully expect most people to be doing anyway, which is eating, as you said, quitting smoking, for uh, sure, yeah. healthy lifestyle. And I'm interested in the vitamins. Are these things that are just bought over the counter? They are. Yeah. You can buy them over the counter at any pharmacy, Costco, at our own clinics. We um, often have them so that patients can um, know exactly what they need to take. And they're generally not by prescription. So uh, unless some companies do cover it, they're out of pocket costs for patients. Okay. So really not super expensive in the early stages from a plan sponsor perspective. No. Perhaps you can explain what happens when um, someone's condition moves from a dry macular degeneration to wet macular degeneration and what that actually means. Yeah, so um, often patients might at home be monitoring and notice that suddenly they've noticed a distortion or a disturbance in their vision. Um, and that can often indicate the change from dry macular degeneration to wet. And what wet macular degeneration really refers to is a buildup of, of swelling or uh, leaky blood vessels right in that center part of the macula. Um, so as, as you could imagine, and any area in the body of bleeding can be disruptive. And it, when it's in an area that's critical to our sight, uh, it disrupts the vision and, and causes them to have distortion or blur or other symptoms. And so it's really, really critical when they see those small changes to come in as soon as possible. Uh, if the bleeding is allowed to continue or that swelling is allowed to continue, um, it can do more damage than if we treat it quickly. So obviously we want to um, act quickly. And, and, and in that case, we would refer the patient to a retinal specialist uh, for um, injections to the back of the retina. And these injections uh, are called anti-VEGF drugs. Um, and basically they're injected into the retina um, and they work to, to stop that bleeding and um, reduce the swelling at the back of the eye so that the macula can recover. And is that, those are typically, um, you say retinal specialists, but that's usually an ophthalmologist, is it not? It is. Yeah, that is yeah. correct. So an ophthalmologist who specializes in the retina. Most general ophthalmologists don't do retinal surgery. Okay. So that would typically be covered by a provincial healthcare plan. It is now. Yeah. There was a time when these treatments are, were very expensive and patients uh, bore the burden of the cost out of pocket. Uh, but now uh, in Alberta, at least, and, and to my knowledge across Canada, these cover these, these visits are covered. So what I'm hearing just to kind of um, regroup on this um, dry AMD, early stage AMD, uh, Apart from some, you know, regular, more frequent checkups and some uh, changes in lifestyle and self-monitoring is there's, there's really relatively um, low impact on plan benefit costs. Sounds like once we get into wet macular degeneration, it's not the actual, um, the treatment um, from an ophthalmologist perspective, uh, because those are covered by provincial uh, health plans. It's not the actual treatment that's going to have the impact on the plan. It seems to me that it would be more in the area of um, productivity and disability and, and probably some mental health issues too. For sure. So anytime uh, patients are um, 
experiencing vision loss. There are a lot of comorbidities that go with that, including, um, you know, they can have more falls, they can have productivity loss at work, a loss of well-being and social health, um, and even relationship burdens. Many, many people fear the loss of vision more than anything in life. And so when faced with the threat of losing their vision, um, it can be, it can be very scary and often progresses to uh, depression. Um, and again, affects their, their uh, productivity at work. What employers need to understand is when patients are being treated for macular degeneration with injections, it's often every six weeks. Um, and so not only is that, you know, patient going through all of these uh, personal and emotional things, they're also missing work to go and have these injections often at urban centers. So if you're a rural uh, business and your employee is, is having to go every six weeks to have these treatments, um, the, the productivity, the loss of hours, all of those things can be very impactful. Absolutely. Um, and how successful, you know, we, you know, we talked about the impact and disability and mental health issues, but um, if an individual is uh, developed wet um, uh, macular degeneration and they do uh, visit an ophthalmologist and they get these rather dreadful sounding injections, mm-hmm. how successful is treatment at slowing the speed um, of the development of the disease further? Yeah, so that's a great question. And um, I graduated about 25 years ago. And when I first graduated early in my career, if, if someone came into my clinic um, and, and they showed up with wet macular degeneration, um, you know, we, we felt their pain because we knew there was really nothing they, that we could do for them. But uh, with these new injections, uh, the, the research indicates they're very, very successful in the ballpark of 90% success rate in stabilizing the vision at the level they're referred at. So, so the earlier they get in and the better the vision, um, the, the better we can you know, the better outcomes we have for the patients, you know, with a fairly high success rate of keeping them where we sent at the level we sent them into the specialist. Um, And in some cases, it can even reverse the vision loss. So it's really important that, you know, that really speaks to how it's very important not only to um, have that diagnosis early on of dry AMD, but also to monitor that patient. So at the first signs of wet AMD, they get right to the ophthalmologist to minim- minimize the longer term impact on their vision. Exactly. So Dr. Bagheera, I'd like to thank you so much for being with us today. You know, Thanks for I- having me. Oh, no problem. I mean, it's been a pleasure. And once um, I think, you know, the lay person like myself, you know, you get to understand uh, a disease a little bit better, like uh, macular degeneration. Um, You really understand the the importance of, um, you know, regular screening. So what would you like to leave our listeners with today? Well, I think the biggest um, takeaway for me is the expensive cost of blindness, um, both to the patient and to the healthcare provider. And and the fact that uh, early intervention is is really important for better prognosis for the patient, better outcomes, uh, and less other uh, comorbidities that go along with blindness or, or vision loss. 
And um, just thinking about the less tangible costs, including the productivity loss, loss of well-being, social health, and relationship burdens. Um, and, you know, just reminding for employers out there, reminding their employees uh, the importance of regular eye exams, um, especially if they have a, ha a family history or especially if they're uh, getting older or if they have risk factors, uh, because those things are really important to not just their their vision and their um, ability to work and to their well-being, uh, but just for early detection and to prevent um, to prevent prevent further costs to the employer and to prevent further um, health issues to the patient, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know that we were talking before we um, started recording today, and I was relaying the story of. Uh, a, a close friend of mine, her mother has actually been suffering from macular degeneration for many years now. And um, in the last few years, actually just before COVID, is basically designated legally blind. And so, you know, she's had to sell her house, change her residence, and that's even in retirement. Uh, and certainly you know, has had to, her daughter's help, to make lots of accommodations in her life in order to manage um, with macular degeneration and, and it's sort of late end stages as it were. So it sort of brings, this conversation kind of brings that story home and how, what a shame it is that, you know, she can't uh, actually see her great grandchildren and it, it's just tragic really. So very important to make sure you have those regular exams. And if you are diagnosed uh, with early signs and symptoms of AMD or any other eye disease, that you make sure that you have those uh, recall screenings and uh, follow your optometrist's advice on how to take care and preserve your vision. So once again, thank you so much. Um, we will have uh, uh, websites for people who would like to know more about AMD, and we will be providing those uh, in the meantime, uh, Dr. Bouguera, I'd like to thank you so much for taking time out of your valuable, um, you know, clinic schedule to be with us and talk more about AMD and providing us um, uh, with uh, insights into um, this irritating disease. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, you know, as you said, um, macular degeneration impacts um, someone someone we know, pretty much everybody out there knows someone who's had macular degeneration or is, is battling it. And so um, I'm happy to be here to educate and uh, provide any information that will help someone to get diagnosed quickly. Great. Thank you so much.